Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to Smarter Every Season, the precision planting podcast that aims to make our listeners smarter every season. And for the last couple episodes, the way that we have been doing that is by having in-depth conversations with Corey Mulbauer and Aaron Herman, who are two research agronomists here at Precision Planting. And Paul Harms is with me in the studio. Exiting episode nine. You promised me multi-hybrid. I went all the way through episode 10 and I got a bubkus. Yeah, and I was going to come to you and ask... What would you, how would you describe like the level of depth that Corey and Aaron went into on organic matter in episode nine and variable rate in episode 10? So one of the beauties of dealing with Corey and Aaron is they can, they can get a very deep understanding and just lay it out in such simple terms. They just explain it in such a way that it's like, oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's very practical. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, you know that there's, there's some, some very deep understanding there and when when you have the conversations you get to the end and it's it's very clean and you're like oh, why didn't that why didn't i understand it to that level before <laughs> they just have a magical way of putting words together yeah and with that they're going to have a very magical way that they are in this episode going to unpack multi-hybrid and how you help a grower make selections on what hybrid to put in what zone in the field and just like was the case in episode 10 this episode can stand alone. Now, we would highly recommend and love it if you went back and listened to the episode on organic matter. All episodes. Let's, yes. All episodes. Yes. We would love it if you'd visit all of our episodes. They're all special little children in their own little ways. That's a great way to say it. <laughs> but with that, this one can stand alone. So uh, there is some maybe context that would be helpful in the organic matter and in the variable rate podcasts. But uh, this one is all about multi-hybrid. We don't go quite as deep as what we did in those two episodes. But I think, I think Paul, you're still going to really like this conversation. It's still going to give you plenty of good information about how to use multi-hybrid um, and coach a grower um, and even a dealer on multi-hybrid capability. You promised me more meat on the bone, so I'm licking my chops over here. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Enjoy. So let's go ahead and shift gears. You had kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier to Corey about kind of wanting to get further into uh, multi-hybrid, right? We've kind of unpacked and talked about organic matter, smart firmer, and variable rate. I want to I stick with, you know, smart firmer and organic matter, but kind of shift to how it pertains to multi-hybrid. And you talked about it a little bit earlier in a, in a question from Hans. Where I'll start with this is, is there anything that changes in the conversation we've had with zone management when it comes to organic matter for the purposes of multi-hybrid? Is the goal still about finding the proper zone management? So zone management as it relates to choosing hybrids and placing hybrids, uh, so like a, a variable rate hybrid prescription, is actually very similar. And the way that it's similar is <clears throat> we're assessing risk and limitations to yield and plant health. And we're going to do that on a zone basis. The strongest influencers of limitations in yield are water and nutrient availability. 
Uh, like Aaron mentioned earlier, sunlight, water, and nutrients are the three pillars that create yield and plant health. And anything that happens to the supplying power or, or the plant's access to any of those three major components is the primary reasons why yield is going to be limited and plant health is going to be limited. So when we evaluate a zone in a field, we're thinking about what is its day-in, day-out uh, seasonal nutrient and water supplying capability and storage capability. And if those are at risk of being limited more often than not, or if we have situations where they're going to be in abundance more often than not, then that helps us choose hybrids that we can optimize those types of environments. And uh, where we're fearing limitations to water and nutrients, that's where we want to place hybrids that won't fall apart on us, that can actually survive in that environment. So we're looking for survivability. And then when we have environments that uh, there's no risk of limited water or nutrients, we've got an abundance amount, um, then we want hybrids that will achieve the greatest yield potential possible knowing that there's no risk of holding them back. And uh, that's essentially as, as simple as it gets. It's, it's kind of those two scenarios. Anything that falls in between, there's really no challenge to choosing hybrids. Uh, we, can, we can usually place about anything, and, and we're going to do okay. So there's that middle ground where you can be flexible on which hybrids you choose, and there's the, the, the ends of the spectrum where where we can really gain a lot of opportunity. Do you have just as much confidence in using organic matter for the sake of making multi-hybrid maps as you do variable hybrid? Yeah, within a given... Or, excuse me, variable rate? Yeah, within a given field, organic matter just does such a great job of representing where your risk versus opportunity is at with, within that field. So it's, it's a phenomenal layer as your base layer of where to place things within a field. Uh, there's more to it than that on deciding what hybrid you need. You need to consider crop rotation, uh, disease management, and other things when it comes to what hybrid to choose. But that's more of, of a field-wide scenario that helps you make that selection. So same question that we had with variable rate, and you've kind of hit, hit on it, I think, Corey, is hybrid selection then the biggest hurdle when it comes to growers doing multi-hybrid. And I know this is a bit of an opinion, right? We don't have any official polls out there or anything like that. I'm, I'm pulling the two experts here to kind of get you guys' opinion on, again, we, sh we have the technology out there to create zones. We have multi-hybrid capabilities. Is this kind of the hurdle? Is hybrid selection the hurdle to getting guys into multi-hybrid? To, to put my finger on it, I, I think it's confidence in understanding the the workflow through or, or process to changing how we choose and position the hybrids. One thing that I'd like to point out there is with a farmer pursuing multi-hybrid uh, prescriptions and going after that opportunity to place hybrids differently, the first thing that has to change is how we talk about where and why we're buying and placing a hybrid. Traditionally, it's what hybrid should I buy for this farm or this field? And I'm going to evaluate it based on what I know from that field, what history that field has. What we have to switch to is we need to talk about across our entire farm operation, what unique scenarios are we placing hybrids into? 
And we look at it as a list of scenarios and not a list of farms or fields. And so for an example uh, on that, I work with a grower where I helped him do his multi-hybrid prescriptions for five years locally here. And we made a list of scenarios that were basically high yield potential with good drainage, high yield potential with poor drainage. And then we had low yield potential. And then we had corn on corn and we had corn following soybeans. And we had all of those scenarios basically as a list. And then his hybrid portfolio as a whole was a selection of eight or 10 of the best performing hybrids for the region. And that doesn't really change. Most farmers, that's the way they do it normally. They, they always buy a certain amount of units of the top eight to 10 hybrids for their farm. But then what changed is the seed expert in the area, the guy he bought seed from, he gave him a score for each of the eight hybrids that he bought in his portfolio for the year on whether it would be a good one to place in poor drainage ground, high yielding ground, low yielding ground, corn following corn or corn following soybeans. And the difference there is that crop rotation changes your disease risk. So corn after corn has a higher disease risk from carryover diseases in the corn residue. So based on the farm scenarios and the hybrid strengths and weaknesses, we just were able to take those lists and connect the dots, and we knew where to drop in each of the hybrids. And then it was just a matter of transferring that list to map to the maps in a, a mapping software to create the prescriptions. Um, so there really was no different activity that the farmer had to go through. Again, just to recap, he picked, based on uh, local seed advisor recommendations, the top eight or ten hybrids for the region that were available that season. And it was just a matter of changing the conversation from what should I place in each field to what do I want to place in each scenario on the farm and then uh, making those prescriptions. How do I know between like variable rate and multi-hybrid and, and realistically I could do both, right? Is there a way to know if I'm presented with a grower that, that doesn't currently do either one of them, but has smart farmer data and is interested in moving into either one or both, which one stands to be the bigger win? Like, is it best just to take a grower that's kind of new and say, first thing we're going to do is go variable rate? How do I know that both are going to end up, I guess, providing a win or which one might be more beneficial? Yeah, I mean, the potential is greater with the hybrid prescription, the variable hybrid, because genetic capability is a very wide range and the tolerances that are built into genetics is, is a very wide range. That's the biggest opportunity, but it's, it is a more challenging shift in mindset and management for the typical farmer. So for everyone out there, uh, we commented on it earlier. I, I don't remember when we said it, but uh, there's probably 80% of planters or more has the technology to vary the population on the fly. All they're missing is a prescription map or a smart farmer to do it on the go. So very easy to adopt that. And going to multi-hybrid, we've got to change the meter on the planter. It has to be a, a multi-hybrid capable meter on a planter. So from precision planting, it's M-set. And that's, a, that's an equipment 
investment that has to be considered. So obviously that's one aspect of there's an extra step there. Um, so not every farmer has the capability to start doing that tomorrow. They've got to make an equipment purchase. Are there confidence steps or baby steps that a grower could do to prove to themselves that they can be successful with multi-hybrid selections prior to investing in multi-hybrid hardware technology? Yeah, I think one of the best ways is back to those trials and check strips that to put out some different hybrids in one of their fields or a couple of their fields. And, and again, to Corey's point, thinking of it from a scenario standpoint and not a field standpoint. And if you can get a field that has three different scenarios across the same pass, that's an excellent place to put a hybrid plot because we can learn how each hybrid reacts um, in each of those scenarios. And another reason the adoption or the toughness of multi-hybrid is the seed guys are incredibly valuable. And so having a guy that can give us how these hybrids would perform in the scenarios is incredibly valuable. And like Corey said earlier, sometimes um, growers don't have access to that as much. One, one kind of entry-level mindset in multi-hybrid, uh, if we've got the capability on the planter, I've had a few farmers have a light bulb come on you know, let's, uh, let me set the scenario up. Maybe he's 50-50 corn-soybean rotation. So 100% of his corn is planted into soybeans. And so I don't have a variation in carryover disease risks and things like that. Basically, all we have is variability within the fields on the risk side of running out of nutrients and water versus having optimum amounts throughout a season. Um, so essentially you're down to just looking at where is my light stress ground and where is my heavier, more abundant, luxury feeding ground on farms. And uh, one conversation I had with a guy, he simplified it down to uh, probably 25% of his acres. He would put in a category of, of light, high-risk ground for the corn burning up running out of nutrients and water where he really sees most seasons it pull back and really fall apart towards the end of the year. Um, so if, and what he started to think through was if I had one or two hybrids that I could designate for that 25% of my acres, the other 75%, the rest of the hybrids would work fine on. And he was not overthinking every zone and every acre, what's the strategic right placement of the genetics. It was really just the two scenarios that he simplified it to. And knowing that he could have one or two hybrids covering those few areas that are really high risk in those light clays and sands that he could switch over to on the fly with a prescription. And then all the rest of the ground, he could just dump the other hybrids in that are all good hybrids kind of on his normal schedule that he would typically do in his, in his normal planting operation. And it really is that simple. Mitigating risk, addressing those known areas of a field where you know there's an opportunity and just focus on those first. And to add what, to what Corey's saying is, you know, that grower that's just improving 25% of his acres, he's probably still paying off a multi-hybrid system in one year. 
Because, you know, if he doesn't, if 25% of his acres aren't burning up and falling out of bed and he's actually pulling, he might be pulling a 15, 20 bushel increase off some of those zones. And just to know that it, it's still worth it just for, you know, maybe a quarter of your acres that you need to manage hybrids better in. It goes back to what Jason Webster shared about this year up in Pontiac. They had a lot more of dry down instead of die down where it, the, the corn in his area dried down to a harvestable level and the plants were still green and healthy as opposed to they just died and then the kernels dried down. Mm. And he noticed a big improvement in zones or areas where it dried down, not died down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if those plants run into stress in that late part of the season, it's it's kernel development that sacrifice when they die early because they ran out of water or nutrients, nitrogen, whatever it is. It's it's detrimental on yield because of that ear fill. So you had kind of talked about this too earlier when we were talking about check strips as a good verification or way to basically check right if the if multi hybrid is beneficial for any dealer that is looking to maybe have some useful local data to show the benefits of multi-hybrid. What's kind of the best practices there? Is it really similar to what you would recommend for variable rate, or do you guys have any uh, agronomist secrets for how to make good local data to show the benefits of multi-hybrid? Yeah, I think it would be twofold. One, if you're a farmer dealer, you have the resources to put in your own. If you are not a farmer dealer, partnering either with the seed guy or with the grower that's interested in it to get that local data would be your two options. And again, that's that's the hard work, but to my point earlier, I think it's worth it. And a lot of growers understand that hybrids is one of the biggest things that'll stand out on a yield map. You know, it is a big factor that when we switch hybrids, they see their yields change. Um, a lot of times. And so picking the right hybrid is a big, big yield driver. Um, and it's not something to be overlooked. And so I think it's worth the time of putting in a plot you know, and worth the time of bugging your seed guy to help you place in the right scenarios. Yeah, my favorite scenario for a simple local plot to measure the value in, in, a, in a given area, find a, a farmer to work with, pick a couple of fields that has lighter soil types on one part of the field and, and heavier, higher yield potential soil types on another, and talk to your seed guy, get the best hybrid or two that's going to perform well in that light soil where you know the plants are going to be under stress in most years, and then any other good hybrid for the area. Maybe it's your favorite one or that farmer's favorite one on his on his farm and you're going to do that strip trial through that field where each hybrid passes through the good yield zone and the lighter soil zone, and, and that's how you're going to do that evaluation. You're going to look at a hybrid side-by-side side in the light zone and the good zone and evaluate uh, the opportunity of switching between the two. And, and the way you would evaluate it, that is, you know, a region report through field view or another system to you know, evaluate it based on zones, not based on the whole field. So we have intentionally over the last, whatever, couple hours now in our conversation gone really deep into this subject, right? What I wanted to, what I, what I didn't want to happen is 
anybody listening to think that this is a super complex, overwhelming conversation, right? Again, we intentionally went deep into this uh, because that's kind of what we wanted to do, right? And and Jake's question was an in-depth question, and we appreciate that. What I'd like to ask for you guys is to kind of give a simple message to organic matter and or, and variable rate. For anybody out there that kind of thinks, I've got these maps, but man, this sounds super complex. What's the simple message to kind of taking the next step forward or being successful with, with variable rate? Yeah, so hopefully what someone can take away from this conversation is really all we're trying to do is understand that water and nutrient supply and storage is what consistently limits or enables yield levels. And the organic matter is a thousand plus year history of how well a zone in a field has, has done at um, enabling a, a crop or prairie grass or whatever the native uh, plant material was over that period of time at year over year uh, production and yield. So they align very well, and, and it's a great tool to manage looking forward what the likelihood and probability is of different zones in the field in their ability to produce. And understanding all we're trying to do is minimize the risk in the lighter zones and optimize the potential in those better zones in a field. It's as simple as that. So I think with that, what I'd like to do at this time is you guys have done an awesome job. I want to say thank you so much for, for being here and for answering all of our questions, uh, for being with us as, as long as you have. It seems like we're setting some sort of record every time we do a podcast. I think, so Jake, for example, was the first dealer that we've had on the podcast. I think you guys have set the record for the longest time we've had a guest on the podcast. <laughs> Sitting in so, the chairs putting getting the yeah. questions fired at him <laughs> so with that what i want to give you the guys the opportunity to talk through or to say is is there anything in this conversation you know certainly myself hans paul have have pelted you guys with questions is there anything that you guys wanted to add and just say you know this is something that i hope really comes through in this conversation or this is a point that i really wanted to drive home so i just want to kind of give you guys an opportunity for any kind of closing thoughts like that that you're you're hoping kind of shine through yeah, I would say my closing thought is uh, be sure to keep it simple, um, especially um, as dealers talking to growers. Keep it simple and uh, work them up to better management. And if you're a grower listening in, that, you know, keep it simple as well. But if you, in Jake's scenario, or grower working with Jake, you know, keep fine-tuning, keep getting better, keep learning your hybrids and populations because there's a lot of opportunity there too. And so we like what Jake's doing and pushing the envelope, but don't feel like you have to get there overnight and, and keep it simple would be my encouragement. And uh, I think it's a huge value to the grower to do that. Now the main take-home that I want everybody to have is to just add to the simplicity, but Everything we're talking about, variable rate, population, and hybrid, it's all about mitigating risk and capitalizing on opportunity. And it's really those two simple things. And think of your fields and your populations and your hybrid placement in that way. You know, how can you protect yield where zones are challenging 
and how can you optimize yield where zones give you everything that's needed to achieve higher yields. Focus on those and go after them. The tools are here. Just get it done. Awesome. Thank you guys very, very much. Again, because um, it's been a while since we introduced them, that was Aaron Herman. Aaron, go ahead and, and tell everybody goodbye just so they can re-identify your voice. Yeah, goodbye, guys. Thanks. <laughs> um, thankful to be on and enjoy chatting with you. Awesome. So that was Aaron. And then, Corey, if you would go ahead and tell everybody goodbye too, just uh, so they can remember your voice and know, oh, yeah, this was the voice of, of Corey. Yeah, you talking. bet. Thanks, guys. This was fun. Uh, hopefully some of the dealers and listeners find this to be valuable, and, and we'll uh, do it again sometime. We're going to hold you guys to that. That's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a, any follow-up I, questions for them yeah. or more ideas for us on the conversations here uh, on the on the podcast, again, that's Smarter Every Season at PrecisionPlanning.com, and we will pass those questions along to Aaron and Corey as a need and put the great ideas in the target list. Yeah, we can't stress that enough. That was honestly how we got the idea for this podcast, and we've talked about that extensively. That was uh, you know, Jake Bruni, a, a dealer of ours in Nebraska, that passed this along, and we're super grateful for that. We want to be for our dealers in this podcast and, and uh, talk about and gather people around that they want to hear from and talk about things that they want to hear about. So, again, smarter every season at precisionplanning.com. That is the way that you can get a hold of us. Uh, there's also a number of different podcast venues, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, places like that, that um, you can provide feedback and that'll ultimately come to us as well. But uh, I think for me, I think for most of us, smarter every season at precisionplanning.com is the best way. Uh, we are regular email checkers, and that'll come to all of us. So so with that, again, thank you guys to both of our guests, Aaron Herman, Corey Mulbauer. Thank you to Paul Harms for all of his work on the controls today. Thank you, Hans Stutzman, for sitting in. On behalf of everybody here at Precision Planning, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you.